Hello once again, fans, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. Thrilled to have you along with us today on what is a very busy day at the CIAC offices in Cheshire as we've got the pairings posted for boys and girls soccer, girls volleyball, and field hockey all available at CIACsports.com and tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. You're going to want to bookmark that page because it is going to have all sorts of great information. You may have already checked out the pairings for those fall sports before listening to this edition of the CIAC cast. But either way, we're going to have lots of great tournament discussion and lots of interesting things to talk about on this edition of the CIAC cast. we got a jam-packed lineup of guests. We're doing a little around-the-state roundup here on CIAC cast this week, talking to writers from around the state to get a sense for what teams might be interesting as we head into tournament competition. We're going to talk to Mark Allard of the Norwich Bulletin, Derek Turner of Game Time CT, Tim Gaffney of LitchfieldCountySports.com, and Dave Rudin of the TheRudinReport.com, all going to weigh in on some of the interesting teams and stories from their neck of the woods. So lots of good talk as we head into our fall tournaments. It's an exciting time of year. Let's get right to it. But first, as always, look, you know what I'm going to say here? We're going to talk about the Connecticut Department of Transportation, our good friends, and talk about their message to not be texting or receiving phone calls when you are in your car. So just a reminder, of course, you press play on the CIAC cast on your mobile device and then just put it away. No need to be texting, no need to be checking your email, none of that stuff. Keep the phone stowed away. As always, they remind you that sending or receiving a text takes the driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, which if you're going at 55 miles per hour, that's the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind, which even the best driver I don't think could navigate that. Please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone as well. You're heading out to the games, the tournament games. We don't want any tragedies on the road. Let's keep everybody safe. Let's keep their phones parked away. One text or call could wreck it all. So as always, an important message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. Moving along now, our regular feature things you might have missed, and hopefully you have not missed them. But as we said, the tournament pairings for field hockey, girls volleyball, boys and girls soccer, all posted today at some point today, depending on when we post this podcast and when you uh, are able to listen. But go to, as I said, tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. That is the spot to find all of the tournament information that you're going to want. We'll have rosters, we'll have brackets, we'll have schedules, we'll have scores, we'll have updates, everything you could possibly want to get you ready for the CIAC tournament. And for tournaments is available at tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. As I mentioned there, updates. You want to sign up. You've got a, a team competing in the boys' soccer tournament. You're going to want to look on the right side of the Tournament Central page where it says stay up to date on CIAC tournament info. You can sign up for email updates. You can sign up for text updates. You want to see who your team is going to be playing in the next round. You want to find out as soon as all the games are finished. Sign up for the boys' soccer tournament update. You want to keep track of everything. Sign up for all of the sport updates. You want to see if that game has been postponed because of all the terrible weather. Of course, that never happens here in Connecticut in the fall. But it just in the unlikely event that it does happen, you want to uh, find out if that game has been postponed. Sign up for the updates. All of that stuff will be sent directly to you, either via email or text, whatever you prefer. You can opt out at any time if you so choose, but it's really the best way to stay up to date with what's going on with CIAC tournaments. Highly recommend that information as well. Also, as I mentioned, rosters available on the CIAC Sports Tournament page 
as well. TournamentCentral.CICSports.com. Bookmark it. Check it every day. Check it every hour. And you will uh, be up to date with CIAC tournament information. Elsewhere on CIACsports.com, we've had a few new editions of Linked Up since our last uh, last CIAC cast, including the Linked Up Fall Championships edition. That's uh, a post where we will have a story about all of the CIAC tournament champions throughout the fall. We will be updating it throughout the fall. It's posted with the divisional cross country championship stories right now that will be added to today as we get the Open Champions uh, taking place at Wickham Park today. So keep an eye on that. Also a great linked up from last week that had all kinds of wonderful stories in it as well. Love Hope and Hope fans. Uh, check that out as well. We've got uh, if the fall sports aren't your thing, you're more looking forward to the winter sports, well, you're in luck. The winter sports tournament packets have been posted at CIACsports.com. Want to check out all the inf- information about what's going to be happening for the winter sports. You can find those at CIACsports.com. Com as well. And of course, the NFHS Network. This is your ticket to all of the big CIAC tournament games coming up this fall. We had the Divisional Cross Country Championships carried last weekend. This afternoon, the Open Cross Country Championships starting at 2 o'clock at Wickham Park. That will be available on the NFHS Network. You are going to want to sign up for a subscription. You can cover the entire month. You can sign up for the rest of the year and get a subscription and check out all of the great tournament action for the fall, the winter, the spring. A huge number of games, and starting usually with the semifinal rounds. This is going to be your ticket to all kinds of great CIAC tournament action on your mobile device, on your laptop, uh, at home, anywhere you want to watch. You can find it on the NFHS network. Really encourage folks to sign up for that as well. It's a great opportunity to keep track of CIAC tournament games and get all of the great action. So that's just a few of the things you might have missed. Of course, always follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. All of the information is usually posted there as well. So lots of great ways to keep up to date, lots of good content. Keep your eyes on CIACsports.com and, of course, tournamentcentral.CIACsports.com. So with all of that said, let's quite get right to our guests. They've got lots of good things to talk about this week, lots of interesting things to say. We're going to go east to west in our uh, our trek around the state of Connecticut, starting off with our good friend Mark Allard at the Norwich Bulletin, talking about what's been going on in his neck of the woods this fall. Very happy to be joined on the phone now by Mark Allard of the Norwich Bulletin. He has fit us into his very busy schedule, and we uh, we greatly appreciate it. Mark, always a pleasure to have you. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Joel. All right, we are uh, we are gearing up for some some CIAC tournament time, and wanted to check in with uh, one of our Eastern Connecticut correspondents to get a feel for some of the teams that have been making news out in your neck of the woods. So, starting out maybe with uh, with boys soccer here, who have been some of the the sort of noteworthy teams uh, garnering attention in your part of the state so far this fall? Well, I, I think you have to start right away with uh, Bacon Academy. Whenever you have a team that didn't lose a match, I think that's probably a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bobcats you know, certainly are a team to be reckoned with, I think. I really like their technical uh, side of the squad. Let's put it that way. Uh, they pass very well. Uh, they, they keep their shape very well. Their wings, not large, but very uh, formidable in the fact of what they see with their sight. Uh, if you know what I'm saying. Right. So, uh, you know, you know, I look at it as the Bobcats have had a very good season. They had a rough, a little rough time in the ECC championship game. But then again, they also are playing their, uh, let's see, third game in four days. 
uh, that's going to wear on you a little sure. bit. So Montville kind of took advantage of that and beat them in the uh, semifinals of the ECC championship. Kind of was a surprise not to see them there. But uh, when you have a player like LJ Luster who has scored almost 20 goals this season and a host of others who are right in that 10 to 12 range, I think they're a dangerous side. There's no question about that. And the East Line boys, who are the ECC champions, a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit more physical in some regards than Bacon Academy. Um, but they also have a player who uh, decided to do something a little different this year. Nick Girardi is a junior. He played at Oakwood for a couple of years. And he said to his, his parents, said to him, don't you want to go back to the high school experience? And he said yes. And he scored 19 goals for East Lyme this year and helped them become an ECC champion, him along with uh, James Foster up front. Quinton Parsons, also a very strong player out there. Uh, they are going to be someone to be uh, reckoned with in the uh, tournament this year as well. I think you have to look at the Montville Indians. They're always there. They're, they're good this year again. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as strong as in the past, more balanced than in the past. Uh, they have a good goalkeeper who was playing his first year, decided not to go off football this year, decided to play soccer. Buddy DeWayne, who's heading to the University of Maine on a scholarship uh, to play baseball, well, he's a decent goalkeeper. When you're about six feet four and have, have athleticism, you're going to cause team problems. And Josh Handler is uh, their leading scorer with about 18 goals this year as well. Those are just some teams from the Eastern Connecticut Conference who I think uh, could make uh, some noise out there uh, in the uh, state tournament this year. Very nice. Lots of uh, lots of interesting uh, folks to keep an eye on there. How about on the girls' side, girls' soccer? What are you, uh, what are you seeing in terms of, uh, of teams that may be uh, ready to make some noise there? Right back to the maroon and white, uh, the East Line Vikings undefeated this year, 18-0-1. Uh, last night, uh, on, uh, Thursday, on Wednesday night, I should say, they just uh, captured their third straight Eastern Connecticut Conference championship with a uh, 2 to nothing win over uh, Woodstock Academy. Uh, and they have, you know, I, I haven't seen this very often, but I have to mention this because uh, last night it was kind of special. Uh, you know, making saves around the net is probably a good thing for a goalkeeper to do, but for a defender to do, mm-hmm. not once but twice making saves right on the goal line. Wow. Uh, Megan Holt from East Lyme, a senior who uh, really has kind of uh, specialized herself in that, helping Gabby Fiengo, their team, uh, you know, kind of keep uh, balls out of the net and uh, did a great job last night, really saved the game, was named most valuable player uh, of the tournament for that, uh, for that effort. Uh, they also have a nice balance up front, Katie Christensen, Isabella Moore, uh, Haley Ashton, uh, just to name a few, really uh, – can, uh, can put the ball up, can fill the net up uh, nicely for East Lyme. And, in fact, it's kind of funny because uh, Rachel Redding, their coach last night, said, you know what, I want them to shoot more. I told them to be more selfish. Mm-hmm. And they were last night. Haley Ashton with a nice uh, singular effort. But then again, they had a three-on-one break, and they didn't pass the ball. And she says, well, I meant with balance. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Uh, so East Lyme certainly a team that I think will be, uh, will be reckoned with. Woodstock. Uh, maybe not as uh, doesn't have that big goal scorer, but has a little bit more balance this year. I think they could uh, do some damage in the, uh, the state tournament as well. Uh, Lyman Memorial and St. Bernard, always uh, good in the uh, Class S, Class M uh, situation. They will, again, uh, be available, be there, maybe to do something. And in the middle, you know, you'd Waterford and Stonington certainly have good clubs. It's just a matter of the matchups, I think, with them two teams. Yeah, absolutely. Then definitely, it's always interesting to see how the matchups do uh, shake out once we get into. Uh, to and you never know—that's half the battle. I mean, all of a sudden you hit a team that you just don't match up well against, and strange things can happen. Yes, that's they certainly happen. can. How about uh, you know you you have some some teams that have had historical success in field hockey. What are we looking at uh, in terms of the field hockey realm uh, from the eastern part well, of the state this when year? When you say, say historical success, you stop at Stonington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stonington uh, is once again uh, lost one game all year, and that was. To Avon, a one to nothing match. 
Um, but remember, too, the ECC, and I hate to say this, but it's true, not the strongest of field hockey conferences outside of two teams, uh, Stonington and Killingly. Killingly is also very good, both of them in Class S. So when you look at it, you know, could a Stonington-Killingly match, depending on the pairings, take place for a state championship or a state semifinal? I think it's highly possible. Uh, Molly Crowley is uh, the leading scorer in, uh, in program history for the Bears. Uh, very good player. Megan Dreyer is a very good player. They have Cameron Dreyer back in net. Um, a host of, they have Margot Kalmar back at the defensive side. So uh, the Bears, I think, are formidable. They will be out there. And I think you've got to watch out for Killingly. Deacon Wagner and Alyssa Rainey uh, have really brought the offense back for that team. Their defense has always been solid. And I think they are uh, a team to be reckoned with as well. The rest of the ECC, maybe a little ways to go. NFA is, is approaching their, that stature, but not quite there yet. Uh, but uh, it's it's still a work in progress in that sport. Right. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Stonington, uh, a lot of historical success, including the the Class S championship last year. So uh, certainly, a, I think a, they'll be challenging for that again this year. A, a team to watch. On the door. Yep. And uh, rounding out our uh, our sort of quick fall wraparound here, how about girls volleyball? Where you also have some programs that have uh, have done well in the past. Uh, what are you looking at for this uh, this fall? Do we really, Joel? You think? Well. No. Come on, Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> seems that there's a uh, more depth than ever in those volleyball fields this year which certainly will uh, will make for an interesting uh, interesting few weeks mark uh, any other sort of just interesting stories to come out of uh, that part of the state this fall anything you're keeping an eye on as we uh, we head into the tournament time well of course i mean I, we can briefly mention football because sure we can. Uh, the eastern connecticut conference may have uh, we're looking at possibly four playoff teams from the eastern side of the state and that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing i think uh, uh, Wyndham has a very good chance. They, of course, have a big matchup with Ledger this week. Um, and Ledger is another one that likely uh, will be in the state playoffs. And I think Plainfield will get into the state playoffs this year for the first time, I think, since uh, somewhere in the mid-'80s, early-'90s. Uh, it was, it's was. it been a long time since uh, the Panthers have been there, but their schedule looks like uh, it could allow for that. And, of course, New London uh, yeah. is also a very strong possibility of getting into the uh, the, the uh, playoffs so i think football wise we do have some uh, some chances that's for sure the constitution state conference 
uh, is getting a little bit better uh, in some of its teams. Wyndham Tech boys soccer has uh, always been traditionally strong, and they may knock off a, a few public schools here and there. Parish Hill has been uh, traditionally strong, has been getting better uh, in girls and boys soccer. Uh, so we may see some uh, some CSC teams moving up a little bit, which would be nice to see. It would be nice. Yep, always good. Uh, as we say, you know, the more uh, sort of diversity and things like that that we see in the tournament, I think, adds to the to the flavor uh, as we progress along. So. When, uh, Absolutely, Mark Allard. We uh, we greatly appreciate it. Anytime we need to uh, to get the pulse from the Eastern Connecticut, we our first phone call is to Mark Allard of the Norwich Bulletin. So we uh, we appreciate you offering your insight as always for us, and uh, we I'm sure we'll be uh, checking in with you again soon. Sounds good to me. Thank you very much, Joel. Wouldn't it be great if everyone had the enthusiasm that Mark Allard brings to uh, to his work and to talking to us on the CIAC cast? Always great to chat with him. We've got a first-time guest with us now coming up on the CIAC cast. Derek Turner covers the Central Connecticut Conference and the action going on in that part of the state for Game Time CT, and he took a few minutes to chat with us about what's been happening in that part of the state of Connecticut as we head into our fall tournaments. Joined now by a first-time CIAC cast guest, Derek Turner of Game Time CT, who uh, who covers the CCC for that uh, that establishment. So, Derek, thanks for being with us to uh, to offer your thoughts on some of the things going on this fall. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Very happy to have you along. Always uh, always happy to bring in some new folks and and get some new perspectives. So, always uh, the fall, always a busy time of year uh, as as the seasons conclude, particularly in the the, the CCC, one of the larger uh, conferences in the in the state, and um, you know a lot of postseason and, and things going on right now. So I wanted to, to hit on some of the, the interesting teams to watch and, and things to keep an eye on as we head into the uh, to the postseason here with the the CIC pairings coming out. I want to start? We'll start with uh, with field hockey, just because I know it's it's one you you covered at least a little bit recently. Who are some of the uh, some of the standout teams in the CCC in the uh, the field hockey ranks that folks could keep an eye on in the uh, the coming upcoming tournaments? Yeah, well, uh, the other day I was up in Glastonbury and when they played Simsbury. Basically, the two best teams in the conference, mm-hmm. and Glastonbury came out with a three-nothing win, and they looked great against one of the other top teams in the state, which is Simsbury. So, and them, Glastonbury, Simsbury, Connard, Hall, and then South Windsor. I saw them earlier on in the year, and there's some strong teams. I know some of the coaches say it's tough once the state tournament comes around because a lot of the the other top teams in the state are down in maybe Fairfield County, but Glastonbury and Simsbury are definitely some of the top teams in the state. They play with a lot of energy, and they can they can move the ball pretty well. And I think they may be they may be tough once the tournament starts. All right, so that's uh, some some teams to keep an eye on. How about uh, moving over to uh, to boys and girls soccer? What's what are some of the things that have caught your eye uh, in those sports as we head to uh, to CIAC tournament time? Yeah, um, I, I guess with boys soccer, I was at a few games this year, and maybe one of the, I mean, you're gonna get the top teams, Rams. Farmington, 
mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, earlier in the year, I saw Weathersfield play East Hartford, and that was a big early season game. Weathersfield came out with a win, and they have a great goaltender, Jimmy Slayton, who I've just I've seen a lot of big things about him, and I think they're their coach told me that day he may be one of the top goaltenders in the state. So sure. I guess if you're looking for an X factor in the boys tournament, it might be Willisfield and their goalie. But again, um, when we get the state coaches poll out, I keep seeing Farmington, Hall, Sinsbury. The CCC West has been the strongest a division in the conference all year. That's uh yeah, so that's on the certainly uh, familiar names, uh, particularly Farmington, obviously defending champion, um, and a, and a frequent uh, frequent team to the uh, to the CIAC finals. How about on the girls' side? Anything that's uh, that's that stood out in terms of uh, top teams that uh, fans might w- want to get to know with the the postseason coming up? Yeah, I mean, again, the CCC West is really strong um early on in the year i saw simsbury they ended up only losing one game this year um i saw hall they were pretty strong and then maybe one of the more interesting games i saw was east catholic and south windsor Mm -hmm. south windsor's been one of the top teams in the ccc all year and they have a great program, but East Catholic surprised them that day I was there. And I think if uh, if the Eagles there can maybe make a run, they could be maybe a surprise team that wins a few games in the tournament. Sure. Yeah. No. That's uh, always fun to see some uh, some new some new blood kind of uh, to come forward and and make a run in uh, in the uh, the CIAC tournament competition. Uh, bouncing over to uh, to volleyball, I know last year uh, certainly the the Class L tournament turned into a little bit of the the CCC Invitational, uh, including a, a great final between uh, two very strong CCC teams. How have things shaken out uh, in volleyball this year in the CCC? Yeah, I, the CCC is strong once again in volleyball. Farmington and Ram both finished undefeated, top two teams in the conference tournament coming up, and Bristol Eastern is right up there, Sinsbury. Um, last week I saw Sinsbury take the only set from Farmington all year. Mm-hmm. And so you got four or five teams in in the conference that are strong, but, I mean, like I said, Farmington and Ram may be... And they're obviously the class of the conference, and they may be right there again at the end of the Class L tournament this year. Yeah, I, I'm sure volleyball fans would not mind to uh, to see a repeat performance of that uh, that thrilling final they put on uh, last year, the uh, five set uh, five set match to uh, to decide the Class L championship. Um, sort of just a little more generally speaking, ha- have there been sort of any? overriding uh you know sort of stories or, or interesting things going on in in that area this uh this fall sort of beyond any specific teams what have sort of been the the major storylines uh from that area that you maybe have been following this fall um 
it. I mean, I'm all over the place, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of just following what I hear and covering the games. But, uh, I mean, overall, I've been surprised with um, with how strong the CCC West is in most of these fall sports. Um I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of tough covering thirty two teams, sure. <laughs> getting all that getting all that information. But I mean, it's it's a really strong conference that maybe doesn't get all of the coverage it needs. So that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you uh, you certainly have a, a, a daunting uh, a daunting task sometimes with the. Uh, Covering uh, uh, such a large, uh, large group of schools, uh, we'll just quickly hit on uh, hit on football a little bit. I know you've uh, been tracking, obviously, what's going on in the CCC on the in the football realm as well. What have uh, what sort of teams and, and stories have jumped out at you uh, with the football season this year uh, on your beat? Yeah, I mean, I've been at a game every Friday and Saturday for the last few weeks. So, um, and Southington is again. The, probably the top team in the whole conference, and at least in our media poll, the number one team in the state, and they look great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at Windsor last week, and people may have said they haven't really played any of the top teams yet, but they have a really strong offense and defense. So Windsor is another team that's bouncing back from maybe a down year last year. I mean, you also have New Britain, which is surprising people. Um, so Bucky Jones has gotten that team playing really well, and they're just behind Southington in the Division One West. And uh, Division Three Berlin is maybe one of the stronger teams I've seen. I saw them beat Northwest Catholic last week, and their defense is definitely – Definitely for real. They've only given up something like four points per game right. all year. So, I mean, there's there are a lot of strong CCC football teams that people might forget about. And Glastonbury is another one. They have a couple of big games coming up, and they have to win out to make the playoffs for a seventh straight year. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of good teams and lots of excitement uh, in your neck of the woods. So we uh, we thank you for getting up early uh, and, and chatting with us this morning, getting a little perspective on uh, on what's happening in kind of the middle of the state. And uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on a lot of these teams that you're talking about. And uh, if any of them end up with some deep tournament runs, we may check back in with you again. So Derek, uh, appreciate you offering your perspective, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. All right, thank you. Thanks very much to Derek for being with us. Now we reach out to. Another gentleman who's got a, a good pulse on what's happening in his part of the state, Tim Gaffney of LitchfieldCountySports.com, back with us to talk a little action in his part of the state of Connecticut. On the phone with one of our favorite uh, frequent guests of the CIAC cast, Tim Gaffney of LitchfieldCountySports.com, offering his perspective on uh, on Litchfield County, as uh, as the name would suggest. Tim, thanks very much for being with us again. 
Oh, my pleasure, sir. How are you this morning? We're doing great. A busy, uh, busy Friday morning here. Pairings are coming out, and we uh, we love this time of year. So uh, it certainly is a, a lot of fun here. Uh, and we wanted to to reach out and get in touch with you to kind of to get a sense for what are some of the interesting teams and and stories that uh, that fans maybe in in Litchfield County area are aware of, but maybe that uh, fans in the rest of the state are going to be uh, becoming aware of in the next few weeks as the CIC tournaments go forward. So maybe start off with uh, with boys soccer. What uh, what are some of the teams uh, making news up in your neck of the woods uh, as we head into the tournaments? Sure. Uh, you know, this year the Torrington uh, boys soccer team led by Mike Fritz Jr. Uh, kind of a surprise team. Mike had lost seven seniors last year, and I remember the beginning of the season him just, you know, shaking his head and uh, not really knowing exactly, you know, what he had. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, a team led by two seniors, Kevin Vodka and uh, Mar Sulchik, have put up a 13-2-1 record uh, in L, second just to uh, Naugatuck with Seymour riding right behind and really have had a, a pretty terrific season. You remember up here in Torrington, the big story being uh, the field being redone. Mm-hmm. So Torrington didn't actually come home until the beginning of October. They played everything on the road uh, early or played up at the Torrington Middle School. Uh, they came home, I believe it was on October 10th, to play Naugatuck and absolutely had a uh, fantastic game on their you know, brand-new turf field, $3 million turf field. It's amazing what you can get for $3 million, yeah, right, Joel? Yeah, it's a bargain uh, at any other price, really. <laughs> yeah, uh, a magnificent facility. They played a rival Naugatuck to a 1-1 tie in, uh, in overtime. And just, uh, you know, it was a great uh, match for uh, Torrington uh, going up to that point and kind of led them to a streak after that where they didn't lose any games in the last 10. They were 9-0-1 mm-hmm. going down the stretch. So they are in... You know, pretty good shape going into the state tournament. They're, they're tied for seventh, and like you said, we'll see the rankings here in a, a little while. It's got a junior goalie, Nathan Manchester, probably one of the best athletes in the, at Torrington High School, also a, a great baseball player. Second-year goalie, uh, Torrington actually uses a goalie coach, which is, uh, you know, terrific to kind of teach this kid, uh, you know, what to do. They had penalty kicks in the semifinals against uh, Seymour the other night, and while some folks dislike those, I happen to love it. I yeah. don't know why, but it's just it always seems to be a uh, uh you know a terrific uh, situation. Manchester came up with a couple of saves and you know Torrington pulled out a a 7 to 6 win in PKs to win win one nothing in the in the semis. Yeah, uh that sounds like certainly uh, it's been a, a an interesting season for that team as you said with the uh with the the season kind of bouncing around and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a team that maybe folks are familiar with for their their regular season success the past few years uh in boys soccer and and maybe once again uh somebody to keep an eye on uh Lewis Mills. Tell us a little bit about that squad. You know, Lewis Mills boys uh you know under Ben Coolis 15-0-1 this year. Their uh, main goal scorer is Freddie Marinelli from the Marinelli family. A couple of girls played for a few years for uh, Dennis Fowler and, uh, you know, were terrific. Uh, kids, Nanawag is right behind him at 13, 2-1. So uh, a lot of this postseason, folks will be spending um, in the Lewis Mills, either uh, inside or outside, whether it be through volleyball, field hockey, or soccer. They, uh, they certainly are, are in the mix for, uh, you know, for all of those. Right. Uh, how about uh, moving over to girls' soccer? What are some of the interesting uh, interesting teams and, and stories to keep an eye on there? You know, up here, uh, Torrington uh, girls' soccer had kind of a tough season, so they didn't make the uh, didn't make the postseason. But in the Berkshire League, you've got uh, Lewis Mills also on top, ran the table with a perfect 16 and 0 season. Uh, Dennis Fowler, uh, the head coach for Mills, came back after uh, being gone for a, a couple of years and. 
you know, Mills is one of those programs that the entire, you know, Harrington area just has a great feeder system. They've got so many travel teams that um, there's no, okay, we're in a rebuilding year. It's just kind of a, a retooling year for, you know, for these folks. You play, if you are a, you know, in middle school, you're playing soccer when you're at Mills. By the time you get to the high school, you're just part of a, a very winning tradition and, and a great program. And, uh, you know, Mills has got them playing, uh, you know, uh, terrifically uh, up there in Mills. Not a ton of scores. Probably has four or five girls that have each seven or eight goals. Mm-hmm. But when you have that many weapons, um, it's pretty hard to defend. Yeah. Now, who's a tonic right behind them at 13-3? and three, They've got a young lady named uh, Lauren Sacol who has over 40 goals as we go into the postseason, which is just astonishing to think about um, in 16 regular season games. The next kid in the area, to give you perspective, has about 22 or 23. Okay. Yep. Um, so. That's a bit proficient. Yeah, that that'll get it done usually. The uh, doubling up <laughs> the next highest scorer is uh, is going to be pretty strong for you. Absolutely. Uh, how about uh, how about staying outside? How about on the field hockey field? What are uh, what are some of the teams to keep an eye on there? I think you know where we're staying. We're <laughs> staying in Burlington. There yep. with Lewis Mills with the uh, Maggie team and just always another coach that just always ends up with a uh, a fantastic you know field hockey team, fifteen and zero during the regular season. You know, if you think about that, what normally happens if you have a really strong girls soccer team, you might not have a great field hockey team because the field is only so, you know, big to pick from with sure. the girls in that particular high school. But um, I think there's five kids that probably don't play good sport, girls sports, but everybody else is in there. So, <laughs> yeah. they, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of uh, great talent to go around. So, Nottawag is actually right behind Mills at 13-2. and two. Uh, Thomason is also in there with uh, – Nine and five. You remember some of the names from Thomaston, Morgan Sanson, and Gabby Hurlbert from the the great uh, basketball team that won the uh, the states last year. Yep. Um, a little bit of a down year. They had lost Abby Hurlbert, but they're in the states. And when you are state tested, you know what happens then. Anything can happen once it comes to the postseason. Absolutely. And with with Thomaston at this point, we assume they'll just you know be trailing by three goals with a minute left and somehow find a way to win with that. There uh, is no question. It's almost. <laughs> We love the drama. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I unfortunately I haven't had a chance to, to do this research, but, uh, you know, we sort of – you mentioned going through all those Lewis Mills teams. I'm I'm curious to find, you know, the last time you've had – a school has had a boys' soccer, girls' soccer, and field hockey team all go undefeated in the same regular season uh, at, any, a, at any school, uh, you know, not just certainly in that part of the, the state. That's a, a research project I've been meaning to undertake and may uh, – may try to tackle but certainly a, a remarkable uh remarkable seasons for that uh, for that school uh you know, it for really ones is. that are used to having good regular seasons but that's pretty remarkable that they all uh, all managed to skate through without a loss absolutely uh how about uh moving indoors what are we looking at for uh, for girls volleyball well the torrington girls under uh, christine gamari were 14 and 4 in l this year they'll look they're tied for 10th uh as the the State rankings will come out, uh, led by uh, senior Samantha Zordon and a sophomore, Carissa Carbone. Uh, you remember Christine Gamari? Christine Gamari was Christine Strassen during high school, one of the best girls ever to come out of Torrington High School, and now back on the, the bench for the Red Raiders. And has a team that, unlike when she was playing, when she was the player, mm-hmm. uh, she's just got an entire group of players. There's no superstar that you have to watch out for in the rotation. It's you got to watch out for everybody. Um, had three absolutely fantastic meetings with Woodland this year. Unfortunately, dropped each of them um, by a 3-2 to two score, including in the semifinals the other night of the NBL tournament. 
after being down two to nothing in games, though, coming back to tie it at two to two, and then once you go to that fifth game, you know, you never know what happens. They end up sure. dropping it uh, 15 to 13. But similar to how Christine played when she was in high school, uh, she does not allow her teams to give up, and they by no means gave up. And I think they'll make some noise when it comes to the, you know, to the state, state tournament. I mean, they'll still have, they will not have Seymour with them, with Seymour being in M. Uh, but they will have, you know, some severe competition coming to them in, in volleyball nonetheless. Yeah, certainly, uh, and uh, an interesting squad coming forward. So lots of good uh, lots of good teams and lots of good things to keep an eye on here as we head into the tournaments. Always just so great to see, as you said, you know, these teams, and then they get to, to branch out, and, and, you know, who knows where they where they end up playing those first and second round games, teams that they've never faced uh, and, you know, have no familiarity with, and it's a lot of fun to kind of see those matchups uh, in the early rounds and then even late rounds of the tournament as, as the teams move through. Any other sort of... Uh, any other sort of interesting stories or, or things to keep an eye on? Just uh, generally speaking, from your uh, your part of the state this fall, what's been uh, what's been trending uh, to use the popular phrase uh, in in, in uh, Litchfield County? Absolutely. I mean the uh, the one uh, another volleyball story from the high school right across the street, the technical school from Torrington High School, the uh, Wilkatech Wildcats mm-hmm. under uh, my good friend Ray Tangway's guidance are eighteen and two this year in. Uh, in, in Class S, uh, they're ranked fourth, and you know you guys were good enough to have the the standings come out already, and the the seedings come out, and so uh, Wilkatech will have a home game against uh, Bolton. They're ranked fourth. Bolton's ranked 29th. They'll meet on uh, November 3rd at six o'clock at Wilkatech, and you know Wilkatech's one of those you know schools they kind of fly under the the radar, except when it comes to girls and ball, boys volleyball. They'll they'll make some noise. They have. You know, every year, our yep. good friend Jim Pepper with the boys will make some noise come springtime. But um, this was a fantastic team this year for, you know, for, for Wilkett Tech. So we will try to see, you know, what kind of noise they make there. I mean, part of our, you know, coverage for the last couple of months really has been this project at Torrington High School. When you take a field that was as old and decrepit as Torrington was and mm-hmm. a track surface that could actually no longer uh, hold track meets. So come this April, there would have been nothing. Um, if they hadn't been able to uh, get a grant from the state, so it didn't cost the taxpayers any money, a brand-new eight-lane track, a fantastic-looking turf field. And for your guys' purposes, you're already aware, there are field hockey markings on this field. There are also lacrosse markings on this field. They were smart enough to look ahead. Even though Torrington does not have those two sports, it gives them another avenue to, to hold a tournament game. And Lord knows, everybody loves to go to a new place and play on a brand-new turf field. And sure. It is interesting in Torrington because when your field gets really old, things tend to bend a little bit on the outside. So we always made the joke that kids in Torrington literally ran downhill mm-hmm. at some point because <laughs> the field was kind of tilting off to the, uh, to the right, both in football uh, and in soccer. Uh, they, the field is just absolutely tremendous. We watched it from the day... The shovels went into the ground till opening day, and it was just a, uh, a magnificent project. Led by Mario Longenbuco and Ed Ayer, Mario is the girls' soccer coach for Torrington. And I tell you what, don't, these guys looked at every single detail every single week to make sure nothing was missed, um, make sure that it was a field that, uh, and a track that Torrington could be proud of for a long time. As you know, an eight-lane track means you can hold state invitationals. So that's something that in the future can also – you know, draw revenue to a school and also draw attention. And on a side note, a brand new, 
really big press box with heat and air conditioning. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, that, uh, that that certainly doesn't uh, doesn't upset anybody when that, uh, that when that's part of the package. And yeah, it's great to see you know a, a school and a community kind of have that commitment to to athletics and and recognizing the the value that can come from uh, not the monetary value necessarily, but the uh, you know the value to the to the kids to have that kind of place uh, and facility to play on. So great to see that. Uh, that has uh, been completed and, and uh, done in excellent fashion up in uh, your part of the state. So Absolutely. we uh, we look forward to uh, to keeping track of some of these teams you talked about. As uh, as you said, as the brackets come out, we're recording this at about 9.45, and uh, I expect we'll have some uh, some more pairings posted on uh, CICsports.com shortly. And uh, I know Tim Gaffney of Litchfield County Sports will be keeping an eye on them. So, Tim, thanks, as always, for being with us. We appreciate it. I appreciate the time, sir. Thank you. Always great talking to Tim about what's happening in his neck of the woods. They do a great job up there keeping track of the happenings, the comings and goings in Litchfield County. Lots of good teams to keep an eye on there as well. Now we'll wrap up our trek around the state of Connecticut. Our fourth guest, by no means uh, last but certainly not least, as he uh, hits cleanup for us here now that the World Series is wrapped up, Dave Rudin of the Rudin Report. Joined now by one of our favorite recurring guests on the CIAC cast, that is Dave Rudin of the RudinReport.com. He is our uh, our Fairfield County correspondent, if you will, and we want to uh, check in with him and, and see what's been making news down in that portion of the state. So, Dave, thanks for being with us. Thanks a lot, Joel. Always a pleasure. I enjoy this. Well, we, uh, we, we are imminently uh, going to be seeing some some CIAC tournament pairings uh, released. In fact, by the time folks hear this, they probably will be up online. Uh, and always, uh, you know, contenders and lots of contenders for, for state titles coming from your neck of the woods. So wanted to kind of talk about some of the teams that have stood out to you as you've uh, been covering them this fall. And, and, and starting, I know you had a uh, the, the, the FCAC Boys Soccer Championship uh, concluded uh, on Wednesday night, and uh, I know some impressive teams there. So what have you seen uh, in the boys' soccer realm this fall that, uh, that has you thinking those teams might be someone to watch once we get into CISC tournament time? Well, boys' soccer has been really, really interesting this year. Uh, a lot of parity. I think one of the things is with academy soccer and some of the better players, unfortunately, going that route uh, and not being allowed to play high school soccer. It's taken out some of the better players. Uh, the, if you want to call it a benefit, I don't know if that's the right word, is there's greater parity and it's sort of leveled the playing field. Mm-hmm. And we definitely saw that in the FCX this past season. And last night was a terrific story with Fairfield Ludlow, which uh, had never been to the championship game before. Not a program. It's always been a decent program, but not uh, up there with the big boys. And they completed an undefeated season, which given the level of balance in the league, I think is an incredible accomplishment and capped it off by beating Greenwich one nothing on a spectacular uh, set-piece goal by Lauren Toby. So Ludlow is, is a great story, and Really, with all eight seeds in the FCAC tournament, I, I just thought there was a tremendous amount of balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if one of the lower seeds got hot for three games and won the championship. And I think that's going to translate into the state tournament where you're going to have a whole bunch of teams that uh, are, are pretty solid and any of them are capable of making deep runs and uh, you know probably of, of getting knocked off in in early rounds. So uh, it, it'll be real interesting to see. There's no powerhouse 
that you would say, uh, you know, watch this team. They're going to just steamroll through. Ludlow would, would be the obvious favorite right now of FCAC teams in the state tournament. But how are they going to react to winning an FCAC title the first time? I've seen a lot of FCAC teams, uh, veteran teams and experienced teams, win, win championships, and then they get knocked out in the first round because they're coming off the high and they mm-hmm. have to come back and play a game real quickly. So uh, they're particularly solid. Greenwich is, is, is a very solid team. Uh, Wilton is, is very good. Staples was only a seventh seed, one of the most decorated uh, programs in, in any sport in the state. And they have a, they, they were very injury riddled this year. So they've gotten themselves healthy. They could make a deep run. So there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of balance, and, and it should be interesting to see how these teams do. Yeah, no, it's always it is always an interesting and and as you talked about with the the championship, you're always curious to see whether the you know the sort of momentum uh, concept carries over the teams that do well in their their league tournaments, whether that translates into to CIAC tournament success or whether you said as you said you know maybe it uh, it makes them a little uh, maybe ill prepared in some ways for uh, for the CIAC tournament. It's an interesting thing to. Uh, to keep an eye on how about uh, how about girls soccer i know it's been an interesting season there as well in uh, in your neck of the woods what uh, teams or stories stand out for you there uh, you know, girls soccer is really really similar to the guys uh a lot of balance uh, I, I i mean they're almost carbon copies of each other you had uh staples and ward play to a one-one draw and in the fcx uh they declare co-champions which um <laughs> like most of the other sports writers, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of. Uh, I, I won't go on a on a diatribe about that. Other than I think, uh, even though penalty kicks are, are an unfortunate way to decide games and championships, I, I kind of like having some definite champion. And it was weird watching kids walk off the field not knowing how to react if they didn't feel fully like champions, but they didn't feel like losers either. But. Uh, Two really, really strong teams. Uh, Ward, Ward has been uh, right up there the last couple of years and has a, has a lot of good seniors. Staples, uh, which used to be a power 20 years ago and has had been up and down over the years, has really emerged this year. They're very solid, have, have a lot of good senior leadership. So they're two teams you definitely want to keep an eye on. The team you definitely want to keep an eye on is St. Joseph, which mm-hmm. uh, has been the strongest program in the league the last few years and was upset in the first round of the tournament by New Canaan on penalty kicks. And they've been, by the time they get back on the field, they're going to have nine days of being pretty angry. And uh, that probably would be, of all the teams in the league, that would probably be the one I would least want to face right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, uh, I think any of the eight teams that qualified for the FCAC tournament, as in boys, uh, all capable of, of making deep runs and uh, probably wouldn't be overly, overly shocking if, uh, you know, one or two maybe get, get caught by some other te- good teams from, from some other leagues. So I, I would suspect the FCAC is going to do pretty well in the early rounds, and I'm Really curious, and I don't get to see teams outside the FCX, so I can't speak real knowledgeably about the rest of the state other than and what I read and hear. But uh, mm-hmm. 
I would think that you're going to see FCAC teams do pretty well in the early rounds, and then it'll be real interesting to see how they go uh, from there. And, and if they do do well in the early rounds, are they going to end up playing each other and sort of, sort of cannibalize each other from sure. there? Sure, which I, I remember happened. I think it was the, the, the double L boys last year, I believe a semifinal, two of the top teams uh, in boys soccer that had faced each other all uh, you know, throughout the FCAC met uh, in that semifinal game. Uh, I think Ridgefield and Greenwich last year, so certainly that can that can happen as well with some familiar uh, familiar opponents late in these uh, in these either, tournaments. Either of those teams, uh, you know, b- both of them were championship worthy, and uh, that uh, the, the the one thing about when you have a power league like that, uh, where you have that many teams getting in, eventually they're going to, you're going to have teams playing each other and, and knocking each other off. Yeah, and, and certainly with soccer, it's an interesting, and, and, and with field hockey too, I think, which we're, we're going to talk about in a little bit, the, the, the margin, you know, when you're dealing with these low-scoring sports, the margin, you know, for error is, is sometimes so slim. You know, you can you can, can outplay a team and, and somehow, you know, just not find the goal and end up not advancing, you know, so the, the upsets, it, it seems like maybe occur a little more frequently in some of these sports where there's a, you know, it, it's the line between winning and losing is, is pretty slim. Um, yeah. You touched on, you touched on the word, the most overword overused word in state tournament play is upset. Yeah. Uh, because the, you know, the, 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 the seedings you have to take with a grain of salt, because sometimes you have a team, a high seed that uh, comes out of a, a weaker league and you may, you know, they, they may be finding a team uh, that's in the mid-teens that comes from a really strong league and, and might have been third, fourth best team in, in their league, but uh, are going to be better than some other champ are going to be stronger than champions from other leagues. Yeah, yeah, sort of get the, the upset by seed only uh, kind of caveat uh, perhaps sometimes. So uh, t- moving on to, uh, you know, we mentioned field hockey. I know field hockey and, and girls volleyball, some some teams in, in your neck of the woods that have been perennially strong uh, in those sports as well as we head into the CIAC tournament. Uh, who are some of those familiar names, and are there maybe some uh, some new or surprising names that uh, that folks might want to keep an eye on as tournament play gets going? But I think there might be a few people out there who've heard of the Darien volleyball team. Sure. And uh, <laughs> they're uh, they're in this in the semifinals tonight as uh, as we talk right now, and uh, they've been the dominant power again in the FCX. And I suspect uh, we very likely will be seeing them unless there's a big upset. We'll be seeing them in the championship game somehow. So. Uh, they, they have three or four good seniors, and, and they have a junior named Dizzy Taylor who's just a terrific, terrific hitter. So Darianne is, is the team that you're definitely gonna want, want to keep an eye on. There are some pretty solid teams, too. Uh, Stanford High School had a great season. Mike Smeriglio did a great job with them again this year. Mm-hmm. They were the second seed, and they got upset in the first round of the FTX tournament. So... They're pretty solid. Fairfield Bloodlow, which is playing in the semifinals tonight, they're pretty solid. So uh, a lot of solid teams. And, again, not knowing the rest of the state, how that's going to translate is really hard for me to say. Sure. But I think uh, I, I think you're going to see some teams in volleyball that are going to have pretty good runs. I'm not sure overall how the league's going to do in terms of whether we're going to see a lot of teams get as far as uh, – the final four or the championship, uh, Darian definitely, and uh, 
I, I would say looking at, at, a, at a Ludlow and a Stanford, uh, a, a sleeper team uh, that really had a good season, St. Joseph, they may be one to keep an eye on. So I, I would say those are the ones in volleyball. <laughs> in field hockey, uh, another pro- probably a, a team similar to St. Joseph and girls soccer is Wilton, mm-hmm. which was, was a power and had an undefeated regular season and then was upset in the FCAC tournament by New Canaan. New Canaan and Darianne are both playing in the uh, championship game, and Darianne is another strong. They're a perennial power. There may be a half step down from, from what they used to be, but uh, from what they used to be was so high that uh, a half, half step down is higher than pretty much everybody else. So Wilton and Darianne would be the, the two teams that you definitely want to keep an eye on. And then you have some teams like uh, New Canaan, which has gotten hot in the FCAC tournament, and Staples, which has been really solid. And, and those are all teams that have had strong runs. I have, I have a feeling field hockey is going to be one of the teams where we see uh, one of the sports where we're going to see FCAC teams uh, do pretty well and have some deep runs. Yeah, And that's so, usually the case uh, most years. Yeah, certainly uh, some historical precedent for, uh, for, for that, uh, that thought that those are teams that, at least in previous years, have fared very well in, uh, in CIC tournament play. So it's been a, uh, a very busy uh, fall for uh, Dave Rudin and uh, with lots of good teams and lots of excitement to cover. So we appreciate uh, him offering his perspective for us. Again, the RudinReport.com is where you can find uh, his work. Dave, any other sort of uh, interesting stories or, or things that have jumped out to you this fall uh, uh, as we head into the tournament? Uh not, not, not anything. Uh, I mean, it, it's been nice seeing some different teams. I, I guess that would be the, the, the biggest one is mm-hmm. in a lot of sports, some different teams that we're not accustomed to uh, having a lot of success. And, and boys soccer with Ludlow, uh, I think Ludlow is a great story. Danbury was the second seed. And Danbury used to be a real, real power in the sport, went through a bunch of lean years and has built up again. And they were upset by if you want, I, I, there I go. Used to be upset where they lost. Uh, they lost the Staples in the first round of uh, the FCAC tournament, and 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 they could make a strong run. But uh, schools like Fairfield, Ward, and Staples uh, have are, are some of the schools that uh, have had a lot of success in, in a lot of different sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darian, usually, you know, is has always been like that, especially in the fall and the spring. So. I think it's been kind of cool that uh, you know the, the wealth is starting to get shared a little bit more. And why, while some of the traditional powers have stayed strong, we're seeing some other other schools get stronger in sports that uh, they hadn't been. And it just makes for a lot of balance and, and greater interest and, and much better games. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly always uh, always nice to see uh, some new faces pop up and uh, and change the landscape a little bit in in some of these leagues. And uh, when, as you said, we'll see if that translates into uh, to CIC tournament play. So, Dave, thanks as uh, as always for offering your perspective to us, and I'm sure we will be uh, checking in with you again shortly. Look forward to it, Joel. I always appreciate you having me on. I want to thank Dave Rudin, as always, for offering his insight. Thanks to all of our guests, Mark Allard of the Norwich Bulletin, Derek Turner of Game Time CT, Tim Gaffney of LitchfieldCountySports.com, and, of course, Dave Rudin of the TheRudinReport.com. Thank them all for being with us and offering their insight. Busy edition of the CIAC cast. We thank you for being with us. Once again, TournamentCentral.CIACSports.com. You're going to want to look. 
That is where you can get all of the up-to-date information and keep track of this very, very busy time of year. See what's going on. You're going to want to keep track of everything happening at CICsports.com and TournamentCentralCICsports.com. Bookmark it, keep track, sign up for updates. It's the best way to do it. You'll also want to follow us on Twitter at CICsports, Facebook.com slash CICsports. Lots of good content. We hope to have some interesting stories. We will certainly have lots of great events on the NFHS network, and we will have all of the results at CICsports.com. So thank you all very much for being with us. An exciting time of year. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the CIAC cast. We will be back in just a few weeks, so we hope you will be back with us for another edition of the CIAC cast. <laughs>